This podcast is brought to you by Alliance Motor Auctions. Has your car shit itself? Then you've got to go with Alliance. It's the easiest way to buy a quality car at a very competitive price. Located in Moorbank, New South Wales. Call 02-9822-7200 or visit www.allianceauctions.com.au South Coast Window Furnishings. Have your window furnishings shit themselves? Then you've got to get in touch with SCWF. They service the south coast of New South Wales from Wollongong to Bermagui. Give Jamie a call for a free quote on 0408 812 007 or like them on Facebook at South Coast Window Furnishings. Elite Sports Physiotherapy. Has your back or another part of your body shit itself? Then look no further than ESP. Established in 2006, Elite Sports Physiotherapy provides physiotherapy and massage services to the people of Melbourne. Located on the mezzanine level, 13-15-1 Freshwater Place in Southbank, Melbourne. Give them a call on 03-8640-0328 or visit elitesportsphysio.com.au today. Also, special thanks to verse.com.au for putting the finishing touches on this podcast. Cheers. Hello, hello. Thanks for listening. I hope you're having a good day or night or whatever you're up to. I hope it's going well. My guest this week is Australian comedian Reese Nicholson. Uh, Reese has been described as one of the most remarkable talents on the national stand-up circuit. Uh, I do agree with that, and I think he's only going to get better as well. Uh, we, we recently toured together, so I took the opportunity to have a chat with Reese about stand-up comedy, uh, life, and the art of lip-syncing. This is Taking It Easy with Daniel Connell. Reese Nicholson. <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> Thanks for taking it easy with me today. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. That was a nice start, wasn't it? Yeah, it said, re- said your name quite intensely. Yeah, it was like, it was a surprise. <laughs> we were just talking and then like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> we've started. Yeah, we've started talking. Uh, yeah. Here we are in uh, the beautiful International Hotel, I believe it's it called. It is just in- called the International, mm, which, in- I mean, sure, you, yeah. you do you, Horsham. <laughs> Well, yeah, people, now that we've said we're in Horsham, people are like, oh, hang on, wait, International Hotel in Horsham has a sheep as its uh, sort of mascot. Um, a, a sheep that we, we were just eating lunch and we were talking about how the sheep is split up into the bits of the sheep that you eat <laughs> yeah. and how, as an emblem, that's quite full on. Yeah, for a veggie, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I did, I did find it nice. It's very nice. Hotel. It's lovely. It's really very modern and... Uh, swanky, but outside is a um, in the car park is a chicken coop with some chooks just running around, and there was a loose chook in the car park when we and got here. Were you telling me that the guy that runs this place was just like, oh, you yeah, know, she gets out? She gets out. It's pretty annoying, time. actually. Yeah, yeah. So we. Yeah, just went, oh, she had again. Fucking hell. It's yeah. and on the menu, I think they we just had lunch. On the, the the chicken, they some of the eggs come from those chickens, That's but because right. it, yeah. it made a point of saying, I'm on the menu, a chook egg, just. Why do you? I feel like all much like milk. Yeah. When you think milk and eggs, you think chickens and yeah. cows. Not, not yeah. like it's never going to be like a duck egg. Yeah, no, or something. Not in Horsham. A goose, yeah. a goose egg. <laughs> Golden. Golden. Ooh, I'd eat that. Um, we do just have a very nice meal though. Mm. But anyway, 
Anyway, try the International yeah, Hotel, guys. Yeah, definitely can. This week's you. episode is brought to you by the International <laughs> Hotel Horsham. <laughs> the beef cheeks are superb. Mm. Uh, how do you find the touring life? We're currently on roadshow touring around country Victoria. How do you how do you find it? I or I mean, there's two answers, and depending on how long I've been on tour. <laughs> yeah, right. So this, what are we four five days into a six, yeah six day? I think I re- I really enjoy I enjoy touring because uh, we both work in jobs where we don't have too much like. I, I like it because we wake up and a tour manager tells us, get in the van, yeah. we're going here today, mm. and then this is going to happen, and then this, and it's pretty much, and that's quite nice because I feel mm. like most of our year is us going, fuck, what am I going to do today yeah. to make it feel like I've got a job? <laughs> but it's the most you feel like you've got a job, I feel yes. like. Uh, it does always, we're on Roadshow at the moment, it does always come straight after festival though, so mm. quite often, I've done six, I've, I've done quite a few Roadshows now, and I've once did five or six weeks around WA, right? And that was just a man losing his mind. <laughs> like it started, it started off so. And because like me and this double eight elbow skin, hi boys, uh, were <laughs> the only solid throughout the whole six weeks. Oh, it's a long time. It's a long time mm. to be away, and especially, you know. No, no issues with WA, but there are some strange parts of it. <laughs> There's some strange and deep parts of WA yeah. that are quite scary. Yeah, but I, I do really enjoy it. I enjoy that um, acts like me get to do it. Right. In yeah. a way, like yeah. even though I feel like I've got a pretty punchy act, it's also there are times it's like, oh, this could end in a, I don't know, like a some sort of farming implement <laughs> through my chest. <laughs> have you have you exper- had bad experiences before? Not on roadshow, but definitely in. In country gigs. Oh, oh, yeah. It's more weird ones. I once did a gig, and it wasn't even that far, a place called Maitland, which is in New South Wales. It's only mm. about half an hour in Newcastle. Um, was doing a gig in RSL there, which, I mean, let's be honest, is not the type of gig I'm built for. <laughs> um, although, strangely, I am. Uh, <laughs> I walked in, and a guy was sitting at a pokey machine, and he looked at me, and he just went, fuck, you're different. And not wow. even in, like, <laughs> I don't. he wasn't angry. Yeah. He was just kind of like, I've seen a different thing, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I better say. <laughs> So he knows that I know that he knows. Uh, yeah, it was very yeah. Just you're different. Like thank you. Yeah. Yes, I am. That's all you said. You just said that. Yeah, like it wasn't. There was no violence in yeah. suit or anything. But there's definitely been moments of like, I think an audience will tell you sometimes whether either just stunned silence for twenty minutes. <laughs> just you're like, oh, this isn't about the jokes. Yeah. This is about me. Yeah. Um, if you can't even, like, even a joke that isn't even about me, like, just a standard blow up mm. joke, if it gets nothing, you're like, like, not even anything. You're <laughs> yeah. like, hmm. You're right. Mm. So, you you grew up near there, didn't you? You grew up in Newcastle. Like, you knew mate. So, that's Spewcastle. Spewcastle. Yeah. Affectionately known. Uh, sure. <laughs> did you? <laughs> uh, so, you born and raised there? Yeah. 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 Born at the uh, John Hunter Hospital. Um, Heard of that. Hmm? I've heard of that. Yeah. 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 10.55 at night, 22nd of April, <laughs> 1990. My mum will call me every year at about 10 o'clock and tell me just what was going on in the last hour. <laughs> she really does every year. And is it the same every year or fine. she add little bits to it trying to- Oh, yeah. It gets a little bit more graphic yeah. every year. <laughs> apparently, by, by her words, apparently it was all going fine. I've talked about this on stage. But, um, it was all going fine. And then right in the last few minutes, I moved my shoulder and that's what's ruined her life. Oh, so, really? thanks, mum. <laughs> Thank you so much. What do you think made you move your shoulder? You just maybe have a little. <laughs> Take this. <laughs> Thanks for bringing me into this world. Yeah. Even even as a child, I was having existential crisis. Yeah. 
Uh, and how how is your childhood there? How is like school and uh, annoyingly pretty good? Right, like yeah. I'm running out of gear. <laughs> yeah, um, it was good. I mean, I was bullied and stuff, but not. I was pretty like my parents. My mum, my dad's a both my parents are ceramicists. Wow. Um, yeah, that is the response. <laughs> oh wait, really? A, quite a tough word to say. Yeah, as well. it's short, especially with my speech. <laughs> um. Yeah, so they they were both artists. We grew up uh, not in like a boohoo kind of way, but grew up very, very, very poor. Like lived in a. I always forget this. This is quite full on, but like we lived in a. My parents bought this building that was a dilapidated movie cinema. That sounds um, cool. It's pretty cool mm-hmm. until you realise. Like, so my sister and I. There's seven years between my sister and I. She would have been like I, I was about two to b- between two and four. I think mm-hmm. were these ages. And then my sister would have been, yeah, like seven years older than that. Um, there was no, like, there was a toilet and a sink, no bathroom, because it's not built for people ah, to live in. Yes. But because it was my dad's studio, and it was a massive, I have these really vague memories of it, like this huge open space that kind of had like a mateship kind of kitchenette in it and stuff, and we slept mm. upstairs on this kind of balcony thing. Um, Did it smell like popcorn still? <laughs> yeah, and there was still this old man that, <laughs> walking around selling it, talking about the old days and show business. <laughs> Hadn't been a movie theater around here nearly forty years. Um, we got to start with this. I've been in this running joke of this particular roadshow for a long time. Uh, but so my dad with these huge glaze buckets that he would use to glaze his pots. He'd yeah. like empty them out and hose them out and fill them up with hot water. Mm. That was our bath, right. um, which was cool. Like my parents, they, they were very very poor, but like we were not aware of that. Right. Like, very yeah. like made made it seem. But in retrospect, I think back and go, wow, that was crazy Uh, and then they had some pretty full-on financial issues and we moved in with my grandmother for a while Mm -hmm. but yeah so very like i was raised by a village essentially yeah Yeah. like so there was always people around what what um what sort of bullying did you cop at school what what was it um probably not even that horrific like i went to a performing arts school so i was quite lucky Mm -hmm. That um, we were, the, if anything, the school itself was bullied by the rest of the schools. <laughs> okay, yeah. Because yeah. we were the Hunter School of Performing Arts, yeah. um, or as everyone else called us, the Hunter School of Poofs and Tarts. Wow. Um, so if you wanted a hand job, you knew when to come. Um, <laughs> uh, to pop it through the bath. <laughs> uh, but the, I, but I still was like, I wasn't, not to be all like, I was different, but I was, I, I think I was really, probably the same way that I am on tour now, like very annoying. Right. Like mm. just, really wanted to try and be funny but yes. probably wasn't yeah and just yeah people didn't quite and i was super into you know all the standard cliche things like i love the rocky horror and all those types mm. of things when i think i think also my sister being older than me i spent a lot of time around adults it's not that i was grown up if anything i was kind of immature but my references were kind of off yeah like i kind of always I, my parents were good in the way that they kind of let us hang out like it wasn't a kind of okay, the adults are here, go to bed. Yeah, yeah. We were kind of taught to oh, cool. Like yeah. kind of hang out with adults and not but it also meant that, yeah, I think part of the reason I'm so crass is because <laughs> I was taught to be never rude. Like I think I'm a pretty polite person, but yeah. I know I like references that I probably shouldn't have known when I was young. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um Do you feel like that uh you felt like an adult quite young then as a result of that? You I met, think yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah. Like in a way that, you know, I really wanted suits and stuff when I was quite yeah, young right. and like yeah. they, I, I would always like, I, you know, I still like, I love video games and all that kind of stuff. Like, mm. but I remember just things of, I was very disinterested in school as well. I never really figured it was going to yeah. help me with anything. Yeah. Like I, I pretty much wanted to be a comedian since I was pretty little. Really? Yeah. So you kind of knew. Yeah. 
Yeah, but not in a like not in like a I know what I'm how I'm gonna do it and stuff. More mm. of just like as soon as someone explained to me what a stand up was, because I feel like I feel like stand up comes in two different people where people that just fall into it mm. and they just kind of like oh I can do this oh cool yeah, yeah. um like Hannah Gadsby is one of those people mm. where someone I think someone signed her up to Raw right. and kind of painted her into a corner <laughs> um that that might be hearsay uh but I was someone who like really wanted to do mm. it for a long time. And yeah. so at the end of high school was like, right, how do I work this out? Yeah. And did it surprise no one when you you started to do it in your family or friends? Yeah, no. Like my parents, again, them being arty people, mm. super supportive, but also very wary. Like my mum, my mum who's now principal uh, of a school, like was had to become, no, not had to, she trained to be a teacher when she, in the 70s, met my dad. They became kind of like freelance artists. Mm. And then after having a couple of kids, it became pretty clear they couldn't support, support us. So my mum became a teacher. Yeah. Uh, when she went back to uni when she was like 40. Wow. 40 something. Yeah. Yeah. And so I remember her. It was, I remember my mum going to uni. But, and so, but, so my parents have always been very like, we absolutely support you doing this, but also just be aware that there's not very much money in the arts. <laughs> yeah. Remember your childhood. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, but have always been like when I, when I first moved, no, even before I moved, my dad used to. I, I would. I used to do this open mic in Sydney when I lived in Newcastle. Uh, on a Wednesday night, it was called Comedy on the Rocks, and I would finish school. This is like when I was seventeen into eighteen. Would finish school, get on the train, go into Sydney, bomb for five minutes. <laughs> so it takes like yeah, two two and a half hours on the train. Yeah. Bomb hard right. as well, like like mwah, like like <laughs> such a bad bomb. And then just get back on the train and come home. My dad would pick me up from the from the train station at like eleven at night. And the, the obviously that train ride home would have been pretty. Oh boy, yeah. just just hungry jacks, <laughs> <laughs> just sitting eating hungry jacks, going oh boy. Yeah. But you went back again. You persisted. Didn't you? Yeah, I think I've always been, and I was lucky. I did raw pretty early. I did class clowns, like kind of under. I'm lucky that I think I'm the first generation of comedians with YouTube. Mm. Like, but it was ju- I was seventeen when it became kind okay. of a thing. Yeah, yeah. And so kind of had more access, like, you know, had all the VH. Like, I was a comedy nerd. Like, I, lo- right. I love comedy mm. to my detriment at times, I think. <laughs> um, whereas, you know, you know, some comics we know that just are like, oh, yeah, I don't, yeah. not that interested, really. Like, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, d- did you uh, look up to anyone in particular in the in the scene before you started? I know we've spoken before that you were very you, you were a big fan of David Byrne, the musician. Yes, uh, we were talking about that today. Yeah, and that that, that when I thought that I, I thought that doesn't surprise me. You know, you can tell you you've got some of his characteristics. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I always try and look like everything, and this is super wanky. <laughs> um, if you were to look at my act, you would not think any of this type of thought <laughs> has got into it. Um, but like everything he does is very. Uh, on purpose and mm. there's no accidents and there's yeah. no kind of, which I feel like my act is that like, even, yeah. even if I improvise, if it works, I will recreate that again yes. in some yeah. way. If I can, like if something works, I will keep doing it, which is hacky in a way, but also I think mm. works. But um, y- the, probably the thing I compare with you to him the most is you've got like the original, you've got an original look yeah, uh, start, you stick to that. Yeah, and you don't care what anyone else thinks. No, that's, exactly. That's your th- yeah. Yeah, like I remember when I first started wearing makeup, uh, there was some interesting reactions to that. Like, <laughs> well, just because I, before I started wearing suits or anything, I always wanted to do it but could never afford it. <laughs> and I was started performing at the comedy store when I was about nineteen in Sydney. 
Greatest venue in the country. <laughs> um, come on down, Thursday to Saturday. <laughs> um, but it used to be you'd be booked for two weeks at a time and it was Tuesday to Sunday. So you had one night off and you were just, and it was kind of boot camp for the young comics. But mm-hmm. we never got, you didn't get paid for the first five minutes. Right. Um, and go back and do it and do it. But and, and I realized like they have these, they had these enormous lineups. Like there'd be like 16 people on a show or yeah. something and there'd be less people in the audience at that time. <laughs> Uh, and I just re- I started to realize like oh I'm just another person in this lineup, mm. and this sounds like this is the wrong uh, no it's not the wrong actually no it's the right way to think about it I just so I started dyeing my hair bright red and yep. putting on makeup and wearing crazier clothes because it's like yeah. even if they didn't like me they will remember yeah. the redheaded one with the porcelain skin yeah and then when I got a little bit more money and I started buying suits and stuff yeah it's like a and it is a character like it's yeah. it's what I look like in my head yeah all the time. Oh, it's so definitive. You 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 know who you you sell a merch that's a brooch that is the yeah. silhouette of your hair. Yeah. You know that it's and anybody that knows comedy in Australia would know that's yours by by looking at it. Thanks, mate. <laughs> this has been lovely. Can we finish now? Yeah. <laughs> we wrapped up. Good. Now we'll get into the real bad stuff. Ah, um, shit. <laughs> uh, so you came out uh, as gay when you were sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I came out as bisexual. <laughs> right. Which um, which. Which my fiance now is, but uh, it, 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 I think when you're gay, and even now, I, the more I think about it, the more you know, I tend to veer into like you know, if if we go, if we do like a deep dive on it, it's like sexuality is fluid and blah blah. Yes, blah. Yeah. there are definitely there are definitely women in the world mm. that I find attractive. Yes, but yeah. it is so much easier just to call myself gay, <laughs> and I'm so clearly to everybody else gay. But you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. people that I'm like. I, Kyron, my fiance teases me sometimes that there are women in the world, some of them that work in show business that I won't name, that when they, when I'm around them, I get giggly and yeah, like yeah. flirty and strange. Yes. And Kyron like goes, are you, are you okay? Like, so that, you know, so I do think like, you know, it's very fluid and everything, but yeah. as a teenager, I, I think it's a coming to terms with thing. And I'd say like most queer people have this, it's an easier jump and this is no kind of, comment on bisexuality it absolutely exists and everything but uh it's an easier leap to say in your own head i'm bisexual mm. than to say i'm gay right. because it's like i'm not i'm still into women yeah, though yeah, right. yeah. i'm not gross because <laughs> it's this kind of in- weird internal homophobia i guess right but that was when i was about yeah like 15 16 but also everybody if you ask yeah. my mother She's like, oh, yeah. I knew when you were five. <laughs> like, yeah, there was never, there was no surprises. Then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my parents found some search history and that's how they concreted it. Great. Uh, terrible news. <laughs> terrible news. And it wasn't even like full, it was just like whatever 15 year olds are looking at yeah. porn. But yeah. it was like, I think it was probably, I remember my mother saying to me, so what is a twink? <laughs> Like, oh boy. This is when you were fifteen. Yeah. Something. Oh wow. I was like, oh boy, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, like the and I think my mum was just like, because I, I knew what I knew to get rid of search history. I knew how to get rid of your history, mm. but I didn't know how to get rid of the. You know, if you type something into Google and all the recent yes. searches come up, I yeah. know it. Like it was an old Mac. I didn't know how yeah. to do that. <laughs> I don't think you could even could then. So yeah. I think she probably typed in like something. What was she searching? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Probably twinks. <laughs> If anything, mum's the pervert. Uh, but, yeah, like a, she probably typed in like a letter and there was just a drop down of just like – because remember when you're a teenager as well, you just – anything your brain can imagine, you're yeah. just like, I wonder if that would be good to look at. Yeah. So, there was just like 
And there was probably even I think back to those times as well. I was I was looking at straight porn then as well, which is such a strange yeah, thing to me. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Anyways, what um, um, what was new living in Newcastle like as a young good leap? Um, gay, gay <laughs> the internet wasn't good. Back to the porn. Now, um, it was it it's it's a place where and my parents are proof of this that it's a it's a good place to raise kids in. Mm. It's not. I don't think one. Once they're 18, there's, there's, and it's a lot better now than it was 10 years ago mm. when I moved away. Um, like, loads better. Uh, but it, what, when you turn about 18, it just became like you either went to uni and became a teacher or, mm. or if you surfed and followed NRL. Yeah. Like, it's a pretty, mm. it's, it was at the time a pretty one dimensional yeah. kind of town. It was, it's very similar to where I'm from, Boatman's Bay. Uh, you, once you turn 18, there's not much there. Yeah. If you don't skate, surf or yeah. punch darts. <laughs> but when I was when I was going through high school, uh, I, I've I've said this to Geraldine Hickey on this podcast a few weeks ago. I, I we, we didn't have anyone in our year that we knew of that was openly gay. Like it just yeah. – in a country town, it's something that people are bottling up. You know, until they either leave. Absolutely. Or, I think it's much better now. I think it's, you know, there's definitely big kids that are- Loads uh, better. F- feel more comfortable in coming out at school. Um, I was lucky going to the performing arts school. Yeah. There was a group of us. Right. If yeah. I had gone to, I often talked, to, I've talked to my parents a few times about, because Newcastle High was the other school, was the yeah. school that my sister went to. Yeah. And we always talk about whether, what my life would be, what, what yeah. whether I would be a completely different person. Yeah, right. Because you know those weird little things like mm. the- Well, you would have to bottle it up, wouldn't you? And you'd, yeah. Your, 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 or I would have been more intensely your, bullied. Yeah. And it yeah. would have- Make you go into your shell a bit. Yeah, more. and I would have gone a bit nuts, I reckon. Mm, yeah. Whereas I was kind of, the teachers there were all, if someone did, because there were still, there was still a lot of bullying at my school. Like it wasn't like this haven. Mm. It wasn't like, you know- um, I don't know, some movie about dancing. Um, <laughs> good improv race. Thanks. Yes, and. Um, like, it was still, because it was, you, you could audition to get in. It was a selective school, so you auditioned mm. to get in either drama, um, music, dance, or, no, that was it. Um, something. Uh, but it also, but that also meant that, like, and you would also, you could audition. It was a K to 12 school, so you could audition when you're in, like, year two. Yeah. By the time you get to high school, you're not interested in performing arts anymore. So, you're just a fuckhead <laughs> inside the shell of a performing arts school. <laughs> and so, there was still, like, bu- like there was, this, there was this guy that I talk a lot of on stage over the years who was, yeah, like, the bane of my existence. But he was he was super popular, even though he was, like, he was the drawing of a, I always think of him as, like, a Disney bully. Mm. Like, he looked, he was kind of, like, fat and, like, Probably his background wasn't too great. Like, he probably had a weird home life as well. But, right. like, he was popular because he was mean. Yeah, yeah. And so, it still, like, existed. But I think I was lucky. Yeah, if I went to another... There were two things I was thinking about. Whether I went to another school or also my dad wanted to name me Frank. <laughs> and I think that would also... Cha- like, imagine Frank me named Nicholson. Frank. I think it would change yeah. the trajectory. Yeah. Well, Frank. imagine if, like, you were called Norman. Yeah, well, that probably wouldn't surprise many people, to be honest. <laughs> but Norman Connell is different <laughs> to Daniel Connell. It is. Yeah. It is, yeah. Uh, do, do you, have you seen that bully now, the bully that gave you a bit of... One time, I went, this is years ago, uh, I went and my parents were going to buy a couch and he worked at Nick Scarly. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I think it was like one of those, and I think I'd just been booked for some, some gig that probably didn't turn into anything good, mm. but at the time it was like my pretty woman moment. Yeah. <laughs> Big mistake. Big mistake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel like a lot of – I always wonder this about bullies if 
later in life, I'm sure you must get through to like your late, you know, into your twenties, and you start to understand life and people's feelings a bit more. You must, yeah. you must regret it. Totally. Uh, yeah. And I, I think everyone's been guilt. Like there were also times when I got more popular in late high school. There were times that I was probably involved in bullying that you don't mm. realize at the time. Yeah. And and then years later, you think, "Fuck, I that was yeah. ruined that person's life for like two two months or something." Mm. Like, yeah, I think it's tough. Yeah, because everyone's on different emotional levels yeah. Yeah, as well. Yeah. What you can take and what you can't. Which yeah. I I think a lot in comedy as well. Like I hate. It's now made me hate, and I get into not arguments, but like I don't like teasing very much. It mm. Kind of rubs me the wrong way. Like yeah. I, I'm not one of those people. But like, not in. You know, there's that kind of fun thing where you, when two comics are like laughing and teasing each other. Mm. But you know when the, you know there's people in the world that just keep yeah. going the whole time yeah. and will say like, "Oh, that's because you were shit last night" or something. And yeah, even though yeah. you know they're joking, it's like, "Have a rest, please mate. stop, yeah, yeah. please stop." Yeah. And so I hate that type of shit. Anytime that a room of people are, are laughing and one person isn't, yeah, I'm like, "Ugh, yeah, this is yeah. so annoying." Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Whereas some people just like, and I think yeah, it's interesting to see. Quite often, the people that are like that were also bullied as well. So it's this funny oh, kind yeah, of absolutely, yeah, trying to get some back, yeah, mm, in a weird way. So you so you moved to Sydney when you were nineteen, which is super mm. young to move from a country place. To, although Newcastle is pretty big, but did it's you a feel city? But ju- it's a it's a yeah. town like it's got no big buildings or anything. No, no, yeah. but it's got a mire. Yeah, well, that's nice. <laughs> it's got two Westfields. <laughs> it's got enough. I think it's 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 grow like it's one of those cities that grew a lot. Even in the yeah. last twenty years, has grown a lot. As, as, as soon as you moved to Sydney, did you feel more comfortable being who you were? Yeah. Who you are? It was like, I think that thing, and you would have, because you've moved around quite a bit. Yeah. There's almost a level of, not like reinvention, but you could kind of, you can create things on your own terms. Yes. Yeah. Suddenly. Mm. And you kind of, there's not this complete backstory that the whole group of people know about. You can kind yeah. of be like, be selective of yeah. what people know about yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there was probably that. Um, I did I, – I was pretty messy for a few years mm. now looking back on it. Like <laughs> pretty – I mean, I was lucky that I met Kyron when I was like 22. Yeah. Or 23? 23. So, that kind of evened things out and I kind of settled down a little bit. But there's a few years there where especially when it – because it worked out the first night that I performed at the – the first night that I lived in the city was the first night I performed at the comedy store. Like, okay, as an yeah. Act. That's cool. Yeah, so it kind mm. of like it just happened that day was the day that they were happy to have me on. Yeah, and you had um, the, had the red hair and the makeup at this point. No, nah. not not quite yet. No, nah. no, yeah. that wasn't until like probably two years into doing that. Like okay. it would have been like twenty one, I guess. Yeah, and it slowly started to. I just had bad skin, and I just started right. wearing makeup. <laughs> I think people sometimes ask me, "Is like, and was that a comment on masculinity?" And yeah, I was like, "Nah, just shitty skin. <laughs> it's bad skin." Covering it up, um, which in turn fed the skin. Um, <laughs> Uh yeah, but, but yeah. So very. In fact, I had like pretty. I had pretty dark brown hair. There's still pictures up at the comedy store of it. It's harrowing. <laughs> uh, and I used to do. I was really angry and like wanted to be like a shock comedian and mm. really brutal and like just terrible. But then also had no concept of tone. Like I'd have one of my opener for years was I was babysitting my neighbor. This is terrible. I do not stand by this joke. <laughs> um, uh, I was babysitting. For my neighbour the other day, and she wouldn't stop screaming and crying. So I just rubbed some Johnson's No More Tears shampoo in her eyes, and she would not stop crying. <laughs> Must have been out of date or something. And that was yeah. like my opener. And then I'd go into like I I think I became the comedian that just said the c word the most. Right. Like I was just yeah. really I wanted to be like Sarah Silverman, but also like yeah. So so what do you think got to, got your material and your style? What you've created now? What is it? Just time and 
gigs and learning time what- and like because we my first festival show was we were sharing a venue mm, and that yeah. what number was that for you? That was number one, yeah, number yeah, one as well. First solo, um, yeah, yeah, at Arthur's Bar, which no longer exists. <laughs> uh, I've doomed so many venues at <laughs> Melbourne Comedy Festival. I've performed at three venues that are now Rubble. shut down. Yeah, right. Portland there and um, uh, the one that I was in a couple of years ago. Where'd you do this year? Uh, where was I this year? I was in Swiss. Swiss, Swiss Club. Oh, oh, sorry, Swiss Club. <laughs> Imagine it's like it's right next to Arthur's Bar. Arthur's yeah, Bar exactly. used to be as well. Oh, so oh, weird. No. Um, sorry. That show that I don't did you ever see that 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 show is the epitome to me of like what I thought I was trying to do and was like the mm. wrong direction. Okay, I was like yeah. it was an hour of like get fucked and women yeah. are fucked and like blah 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 blah. It was just that for an that for let's be honest forty eight minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> what happened was I kept doing that, but I think people were always I've always I've been lucky that people have always been very nice to me, like because I feel like I'm not a bad. Not to be all arrogant, but I'm not like, I feel like I'm not a lot of work. Like I I'm, no, I talk too much in vans and stuff and I'm always on, but I'm not like, I've never felt like I'm trying to play any games or anything. Like I'm never. I don't feel like you're always on as in you're talking all the time. You're, all, you're definitely always on and, and I like this with your comments. You will just yeah. throw a dart <laughs> yeah, every yeah. now and again and it hits the bullseye 90% of the time. <laughs> Very good. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> but I do feel like some. I'm, I can be exhausting. I know that. But the I don't feel like I'm like I'm not malicious and stuff. No. So people have always, even when I had a bad act, people were like, "He'll come mm. good." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had a lot of work. But it, this happened like only about four years ago. Zoe Kim's ma, who now strangely is my ex-wife, <laughs> who had become a mate of mine. I was just talking about how I just really because you've ever done this where you just don't agree with your act anymore. You look yeah. at it. You look at it as a thing, and you're like, "I just don't. This is no. not me." Yep. But it's taken me four years to make this, so why would I throw it all away? Mm. And we're at the comedy store one night, and I was like, we were both a bit drunk, and I was just complaining about the thing. Like, I'm just none of this. It was too aggressive. I don't feel good about this anymore. I'm quite happy now. <laughs> and yeah. like, like I was still doing jokes as a 23 year old that I wrote as an angry 19 year old, yeah, and they were yeah. all just like, "Teen mums are shit," and blah. <laughs> Uh, and so then she and it just took you know it just takes like one person to be really f- she was just flat out honest with me and just went well stop doing them <laughs> I'm like no I don't well, no but it's not that and she's like no just stop doing them and write a new act yeah I'm like oh alright yeah and then I spent about a year doing that and now that's kind of what I do now yeah. like do you know what I mean? like it it yeah. sounds so simple but and that's what I do now like the mm. makeup and all the glasses and all and like mm. the I feel like I'm filthy but not actually that not aggressively filthy and blah, blah. No, that you- all came from that. Yeah, right. So, you, any comic, though, it takes you mm. a good five or six years just to find your voice and to find what you're writing for and yeah. writing for yourself, you know, takes writing, quite a while. Writing for yourself, not what you think you're meant to be doing. Yes, yeah. yeah. And then being comfortable as well on stage. Yeah. It all sort of comes into one. I, I, I feel comfortable. Yeah, you still, I'm still not 100% comfortable now, but, you know, things are getting- I've, I've been meaning to say that. You look yeah. very uncomfortable on stage. <laughs> See, I've just said how I hate teasing. Um Really though, but I because I would say you're one of the most co- like yeah. I mean, like uh, maybe not like outside, but just with your act and mm. where, you, where you're headed and what you want to get mm. across and stuff. So I always say like you start at your first gig, you start five percent confident, ninety five percent terrified, and then yeah. over the years that changes, evens out, yeah, and you get to sort of ninety five confident five. I don't know if you ever get one hundred percent confident. No, and I don't think you should because I think once you one hundred percent confident, you're not good anymore. Yeah, like as in you lose that little feeling in your belly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it definitely 
after that, I've been about nine years in now, and you start to sort of think, oh, you get tall when you start. Like, you know, it takes 10 years to yeah. get to what you want to do. And I totally it's crazy. Yeah, but I totally nine agree with years. it. Yeah. Yeah, it is weird too. That's bananas. Yeah. So, what are you? You're six, seven, seven, Can eight, you be maybe. getting up to 2009 is when I did Raw. Yeah, similar then. Yeah, I started, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I don't like, you know, I did open mic in Newcastle and stuff, but I don't count that necessarily. <laughs> Um, anyway, sorry, I cut you off. Yeah, no, I, I just think now, like I, 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 with you watching you on stage, it seems like you totally in control. You know what your character is. You know who, mm. yeah, what's going to work and what's not going to work. And you sort of, you've just layer upon layer of tags and yeah. cutting. Not a fan of a punchline, big fan of a tag. No, you have punchlines, but then the tags are almost the... The, the little the tag, cherry on top. I write yeah. that a tag is my main aim, I reckon. <laughs> like, in a weird way. Like, punchlines are just kind of like the rhythm of something like, blah, 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 yeah. do that. And that's kind of what I have to get through to mm. talk. Let's keep talking about this for another four minutes mm. yeah. and just keep adding in it. And it only comes from, because I'm a terrible writer, like, I, I, I'm, I can't sit and write a show. Right. I have to, like, write a premise and okay, then bomb yeah. for weeks <laughs> and weeks and weeks. <laughs> Which will be coming up in the next few months. Come <laughs> stop by Spleen and see me going, is this the thing? What about this? No? All right. Bye. See ya. <laughs> yeah. You're listening to Taking It Easy with Daniel Connell. And so now do you feel like, do you, do you feel in yourself that you've nailed your what you're trying to do and or do you think there's still areas you can explore and um cuz I, I feel like, areas yeah cuz you've got this like when you're on stage you, you seem people i think people when you start speaking go oh this is a, he's a this is a this is a nice boy this is yeah. a, but then you've got that cutting i think that's why you can get away with it yeah and you could probably get away with much more yeah i'm pretty i'm happy to admit i'm pretty affable on stage mm. like and there's and i don't quite understand it myself like <laughs> I don't – that's the, probably the thing that I don't understand the most and not in like a putting myself down thing, but I, I don't get it, but I, I'm happy to use it. Yeah. But it means that what I used to what, – what probably got me across the line back in the day when I was saying awful things, like I look at I look at some of my old act and think about – I found like a, an old recording of one recently when I was going through an old laptop and I'm um, just burning evidence and, <laughs> um, uh, the, and found – yeah, like a recording of one of my and a set list, and it was like it's nearly all of it is that kind of borderline, like misogyno kind mm. of stuff. Like it's yeah. that that all gay comedians at some point goes through like male gays goes through some sort of like vaginas, gross. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> but I think I got away with it a little bit horribly because I was like the kind of fun, yeah, seeming guy. Yeah. Now I'm doing more like this show that I'm touring at the moment. I really am quite proud of like because it's not it's just an hour stand-up but there's a few little things in it because I, I think i've built this little idea around myself that my shows are quite paced like mm. fast paced and punchline heavy so there's a there's a even if the punchlines you don't find funny but there's a lot of in there yeah uh even if I, I'm, tr- I'm trying to do a thing now where i i've got a couple moments in this show where i stop very suddenly and and say something mm. and then i'm able to get trying to get back on track yeah. with it and kind of giving moments of silence to the show and kind of mm. stuff like that. Not in like a – because I'm definitely not a um, – and that's an I realised type of comic. Okay, yeah, yeah. Blackout. Awards. <laughs> um, but I'm trying to just fuck around with it a little bit yeah. more. And Does that does that excite you too? Where a you little go bit. in the future, yeah. 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 And mm. like just the idea of, oh, what could I do? 
next year that's yeah different as well because I know that I can put together at least an hour of stuff that I'm vaguely happy. Like last year, I toured a show that was okay, but mm. I didn't. I got bored with it mm. after a while, yeah. and I worked hard on it and everything, but not hard enough. This year, I was like, right, work harder, make this a thing that you know you're going to enjoy touring for mm. for nine months. And I, we're like, what are we like four months in now? And I'm mm. still, I still quite like it. So that's good, yeah. Yeah, and so, there's like it's putting little mechanisms in it. Like there's more crowd work in it. There's more mm. like stuff like that. So it's just trying to break down my act a little bit and mm. make it, yeah. So this show is called Seminal. 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 And you, so this you just finished Melbourne where you had a great run. That was your seventh. So that's your seventh solo. Be the same as me. Must be. I guess. Yeah, yeah. 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 And weird. and you're off to Edinburgh again for the sixth. I hate money, Daniel. Time. <laughs> I when you said that before that you'd been six times, I was I couldn't believe that. That's you. So you. Yeah. That's quite, oh, I get this will be my sixth. Yeah. Yeah. So that's 13, solid. 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, I went and, the year after, and I shouldn't have. <laughs> right, but, the, but now it's probably good that you did. You know, you get, yeah. it takes a few years to get that grounding over there. It is like the – I went over when I wasn't ready probably, but it means that, yeah, because it's uh, – if people don't know, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival is it's the biggest festival of its type. There's – to be honest, if you've been to Melbourne Comedy Festival, there's usually about, what, like 500 shows there? Yeah, about six, 650 yeah. yeah. Uh, in Edinburgh, it's usually about 2,000. Right. Between two and 3,000. Um, <laughs> and probably a just, quarter of the population be, as well. Yeah. 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 Of Melbourne, yeah. You look like you've just heard that information for the first time. <laughs> oh, fuck, that's, that's quite big. Oh, <laughs> shit. Um, I've paid everything already for this year. That's <laughs> right. Everyone comes. Uh, but it's – and it is – I think you're I, – I always go at it from a point of view of I, – I always think of it as my own experience with it, which was, you know, I was 23. Mm. I was too. I had a show that, first of all, wasn't good in my own country, let alone take it to another country <laughs> where the Australian references don't work. And I was in a. I had a really bad deal as well. I was in a venue that was my show was at quarter to eleven at night, oh. um, and my room was how many seats was it? It was like a hundred seats, mm. which I only started. My venue last year in Melbourne was 110 seats. <laughs> so, bad times, Daniel, yeah. bad times. But I didn't know. It was the worst month of my life, but I didn't know that <laughs> until the next year mm. when I had something to compare it to. But <laughs> you are, um, by going in, like, I, I remember saying, talking, Becky Lucas did it for the first time last year and had, like, a great time. Mm. And I think it's because we've, she'd gone through all this shit here yeah, already. Right, yeah. And so, was kind of prepared for it and- I, I wasn't prepared for it yet, mm. like, and didn't know what I was doing. Whereas you have been doing it for nine years and you know what you're doing. Mm. So, it's not as harrowing. Right, yeah. I mean, it's rough, like, but it, it's, it, I, I would think of it as the leveler. I remember I saw, um, who was it? I saw, like, you know, a, a couple of years ago, Cal Wilson was over there mm. and we were flyering together. And yeah. even the image of that is astounding to yeah, me. Like, yeah, yeah. Like I've I've seen people have said they've seen Will Anderson hand out a flyer in Edinburgh, and like that's bananas. That that is scary when you hear stuff. So it's like an that. ultimate. It just puts everyone on that level again. Yeah. Do you feel like because everybody says once you go to Edinburgh, you know you you come back super match fit. If you've gone six years in a row, do you find then your next Melbourne show after that is better again? You just yeah. keep. Yeah. It's like boot camp. Yeah, like an, and it, you you sort of. Must have made your skin pretty thick those first couple of years going oh, yes. quite inexperienced. And just in the way of like it makes you like, it makes you not sweat about like, you know, the one place I've ever had to cancel a show was Edinburgh because mm. no one had bought any tickets. And it, at the t- like 
up until then, it was like the worst thing I could ever think of yeah. to do that. And it still kind of is like to me, it's like <laughs> ugh, so icky because you have to like, you're out there flyering and then you go and check your numbers and you've been flying for three hours and it yeah. hasn't changed. And you go and you have to say like, I think we have to cancel the show. Yeah. Um, I one time, I went to go to, go to cancel the show. Uh, this is the one time I've ever canceled the show. Went, went to go cancel it. As I was walking out, the lady, the, um, Robin behind the counter said, um, we've just had two sales and we can still cancel it or do you want to do the show? And I kind of was like, and it's that you over romanticize people. Comics always talk about like, you know, I do the show to two people. It's the best show I've ever done in my life, which is absolutely a lie. It wasn't good for anyone involved. But I was kind of like, oh, Jesus, just do it. Just do the show. And I'm walking down the venue. A friend of mine that um, I grew up with that I hadn't seen in years and years and years was like, hey, we just bought tickets to your show. Like, no, you didn't. We're going up and we're canceling the show and I'm going to buy you a drink. Because like, I'm so glad I found out before though. Yeah, because absolutely. Because if I had walked out. Two mates. Just there, yeah. two people go, hey, Reese. Oh, this is awkward. Um, but it does. It makes you a lot better. And it also just, you, it, it's such a melting pot. Like some of my best mates in the world now, I see once a year mm. and for that month. And then they come over to Australia a little bit more. Yeah. And like Daniel Sloss is like, we've known each other since we were 17, yeah. 18. And now we see each other like three months of the year. Like, yeah. It, yeah, it's just, it's such a, you find yourself in a room with people that you never would expect to be in a room with. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, so, you're excited to go to Edinburgh this year, you think? Uh, I am. Yeah, yeah, with this show, you're r- ready to rock and roll? Yeah. And I think you'll notice as well, like, once you've done it, it changes the way that you write shows as well. Mm. Like, as in, you write, I automatically feel like I write shows now that are vaguely more international. Okay. Not in like a... So, it can sell around different <laughs> markets. But it just makes you think, like... It builds different mechanisms in the shows, but mm. I feel like this show has that. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking forward to it. like I'm I'm I don't have the fear anymore, and like I've got an agent over there now, and like I yeah. kind of I'll spend July there and I'll trial the show a couple times, and mm. like I've, I've started to try and do gigs in London now, just try and be right. Because that's the other thing with Edinburgh as well. You'll make friends, you make friends with like friend, people that we're already friends with anyway, just through Melbourne. But mm. like all the kind of Phil Wangs and yeah. Ish Kumars and Sarah Pascoe of the world who are then nice to you and. Put you on things and stuff. Yeah, great. Uh, could you could you live in London? Do you think? Could you move? I don't know. I've told my agent I would. Mm. Um, Is that just to get the deal across the line? Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> Never going to happen. Uh, I think I think I could, but I wouldn't do it for another few years. I'm, I'm at the moment spending about three months a year there. Mm. And back and forth, back and forth. And if I get work over there, like it's a new, the thing with the agent is new as well. Like it's only about a year old and, you know, but that means it's only about three months old really. <laughs> um, but they've already been very, like I've done this live at the BBC thing over there. And like, I, but I just think so many Australian comedians do it where they move over at the wrong time. Right. Yeah. And then they, like, I feel like I'm just starting to get momentum mm, here or yeah, something. Yeah. I'm finally getting booked on like little things and mm. uh, it would be... You see people, they, they go over there and go, right, I'm going to go over there and become a thing over there. And they don't become a thing there and mm. they lose becoming a thing here. here yeah. So, it's just like, then they just become kind of these grim ghosts of, <laughs> where they just do the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And it's just- um, And you're still quite young. You got, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you got, got time. Yeah. That's one thing about stand-up. I think so many people are in a rush early, aren't yeah. they? It's, it's a long game. You've got to just be willing to- I think it's just once you get wait to- Wait it out. Um, and we were talking about this the other day. There are so many, there are, I, I think we can really only, there, there is a strange fear and it, where 
I think when you get into your like 60s, 70s, mm. it becomes tougher to imagine. Like I think every stand-up in the world should have some kind of like, what else am I going to do mm. in this industry as well? These are really my thoughts. But just because I can't think of it, other than say like Denise Scott, who is still powering and incredible. Mm. And is only I think she's only like 61 or something. But she's really only one of the few comedian, like stand-up stand-ups that I can think of that are, yeah. Doing stand up, mm. yeah. It's I, I spoke to one of our friends on this podcast, Susie Yusuf, Yusuf, about that. Just having your a few strings to your bow. Yeah, and I feel like Australia, you, you kind of need it. I would yeah. love just to be able to do stand up alone and not have to worry about social media or. So would I. Um, <laughs> but it's all a, you know necessary to make something happen now, the and Australia's not changing. Yeah, yeah, and Australia's not big enough to the industry isn't big enough to only be able to do one thing. Yeah. In America, you could definitely, you know, there's enough work and, and you can also, specials and things you can... You can also just tour the same hour for 40 yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, like, because there's so much space that no one really ever sees it. Whereas mm. here, if you don't... I think when, I, when I've talked to American comedians about this, like, they are so kind of not blown away, but, like, are amazed that we do a new hour every year. Yeah. It's like, well, no, it's just... <laughs> What we got to do because there's, there's only four places we can go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I want to talk to you about uh, this is off out of the stand up now. We're getting to another one of your passions <laughs> <laughs> that I witnessed. Um, yeah, yeah. I witnessed you do this at this festival just gone, 2018 Melbourne International Comedy Festival. I hosted the. Good luck. The, uh, we get paid for that. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hosted the late. Show at the Hi-Fi Bar and then oh, introduced yes. you to your little baby you've got yep. going at the festival, the Lip, the lip Sync, sync battle. battle, which I could not believe. Like, I'm not saying... <laughs> oh, I'm, no, I'm stay not, away. I'm not saying... Like, you know, you're mouthing the words to a song yes. on stage, which sounds... But there's more to it, obviously, but... Oh, no, maybe not. Not really. <laughs> I described it in one sentence. Yeah, yeah that's exactly what it is. <laughs> The place was so packed. I've never seen that. There was, it must have been five, six hundred. It was, you, I had to try and get to the back of the room and I couldn't get through. There were so many people to watch you do it's that. It's so weird. Mm. I have no idea what was created there <laughs> and it's quite terrifying. Yeah. Um, like, it's, it, I get more stressed about that around the middle of the festival than mm. I do my own show <laughs> because I've got an hour to fix it. If, it, if I fuck up my number. Yeah. <laughs> 500 people are going to go like, oh, boy. And like, yeah. it's so silly. It's mm. so, if you don't know, so by this started, I think this was our fourth year doing it. Years ago, it was on Roadshow, actually, um, the Magic Bridget Band, the, the Magic, <laughs> the Magic Bridget Bandic. She's <laughs> uh, magic and amazing. Name. She, uh, I, I, I record these like lip syncs on my Instagram and I was doing them a lot. Because we're on roadshow and you get a bit bored in your shitty motels, and mm. they ma- a shitty motel makes a good backdrop for for, <laughs> for a lip sync because they're quite grim. Uh, you won't be able to hit, do one here then at the international. No, it's a beautiful. This is a beautiful. I couldn't do it here. No. People would be like, "Not shit." Enough. Yeah. yeah. I, maybe I'll just do it with some delicious scallops or something. And make them <laughs> sing like Muppets. Uh, <laughs> I, I start, and she. We were just having drinks one night. We we're just talking about silly things we could do at part of the festival because she runs the Hi Fi Club. Um, or Max Watts as it is now. I keep oh, doing of course, it, which yes. I only recently understood the name. I was like, "Oh, Maximum Wattage, not ah, an eccentric." Right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, right. Not an eccentric billionaire called yeah. Max Watts. And she was like, "It'd be funny if we ran like lip sync battles." Because I'd said like there was yeah, and we we're like, "Oh yeah, that'd be kind of funny." Then six months later, 
I got an email from him. It's like, <laughs> so I've booked in these guests. If you want to, I was like, oh, shit, okay. And it, yeah, it just became the first year we did it, though. So we'd like, there's a late night show, and then about mi- like 12.30 at night, mm. uh, I come on and go, welcome to the Lip Sync Battle. And f- like 300 people were like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. And then I bring on three comedians, and I lip sync to something, and then they lip sync to something. <laughs> and people were just like, what? what? And they were into it, but it was very like, what are yeah. you doing? And over the course of that, we did it three more times at that festival, and people started to go, go like, it became the Saturday night. People go to the show, but then also like, oh, I'll see you at Lip Sync. Mm. Like, it's this. <laughs> and I don't understand it. Yeah. I, I, like, it's fun. Yeah. And I love it. But it's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> and it almost becomes... So, the one that we did this year, it's become... It's had to kind of keep building on top of itself because it's this really dumb idea that now people have, like, an expectation for. Mm. And... Which is so silly. <laughs> like... Zoe Kumsma hid Demi Lardner under a muumu <laughs> and gave birth to her on stage. Surprise. Like, people didn't know Demi was under there. And then she fell out from under her and, like, covered in fake blood. And then they did a dance. And what else? Like, uh, oh, we had Harry Clayton Smith, who is this. Uh, oh, he's in briefs and he's a boyless performer and a bunch of other things. And he's very sex positive, let's say mm. that. And he's incredible. Like, he's, yeah. a, he's this amazing performer. And he does almost kind of performance art as well as comedy. He did this character that he does called Rebecca, <laughs> uh, where, like, Harry has a beard and just put on a blonde wig <laughs> and has, like, a slip and had a selfie stick and was, like, dancing and then proceeded to take off the slip and oh, stick the selfie stick up <laughs> his ass and start getting photos with people <laughs> while lip syncing. I think it was the, I don't care, <laughs> I love it. Like, whatever. Yeah, I think it was that song. And we've also had, like, just, it's gotten to the point now where we, I think that was a level that we found where yeah, we were, I yeah. came out on, I didn't know he was going to do it. I knew that something was going to happen, <laughs> but I came out on stage and was like, Oh, okay. And there was that kind of, you know, when something crazy happens on stage at a show, like, you know, a glass smashes or mm. someone really goes heckler or something. There's this, people are laughing, but when the MC comes back out, there is this like, oh, yeah, what did we, oh my yeah. God, what was that? <laughs> like, this is fun. Like, we just came to a comedy show and now this is happening. There's a selfie stick up his ass. And, so, it's become this pretty insane, great thing. Yeah. Something it's- that I did for fun has now become- which I think is what comedy is yeah. in a weird way. Well, massive cult following. I could like the electricity in the air when I introduced you for that. You like you could write the best hour ever. <laughs> it's, it's so much. It's just people mouthing the, the words of a song, and it has the most. I think it's because it's also seeing people because we tend to book comedians that you know mm. do it, and they do something like we like to book people like. Um, okay, the biggest I think I've ever seen it go was. Last year, Auntie Donna did it and they did Bang Bang, you know, that Bang Bang yeah. into the room. And so the three of them, and they had synchronized, like they, I think it's what something that people really love, and which is, I think, the same in stand up, is someone working very hard mm. on something that is very silly. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, when you watch a, a, an hour show and there's a reveal at the end mm. that you're like, <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah. Like, there's like a silly Piccolo years ago learnt a piece of piano or something, mm. and they had a running thing, and then at the end she played it on piano. It's like, oh, you've you've really yeah, put yeah. work into this yeah. silly thing. They did, uh, yeah, bang bang, and the whole time Broden was just to the the red hair was just to the side, kind of dancing a little <laughs> bit, and you could tell people were like, what's Broden gonna do? <laughs> yeah. And when the Nicki Minaj bit cut in, 
of that song, like he was word perfect and did this like amazing or like amazing, almost voguing kind of dancing <laughs> while the other guys like were like synchronized around him. <laughs> and I've never seen, first of all, that got a cheer, mm. but at the end of the song, they ended in this like arms up and like heavy, like that <sighs> kind of thing. And I've never heard a noise like it before. Yeah. So I think that's when and Bridget and I looked at each other and we we're like, fuck, what have what we, we created, created here? <laughs> yeah. Because it was like I don't know, yeah, I don't know how to explain it. Like that yeah, it must have been a year or two ago. And it was just we we, we knew that we couldn't because we were thinking mm. like, oh, it might get a bit stale, let's not do it every year. Yeah. It'll just become a bit weird. But we're like, I think we need to keep have doing to this or people it. are gonna be very angry yeah. at us. It's so weird. And yeah. it feels like, because it's not something I just come out and I do a number and then I bring on the acts. Like, it's not. But it also, it's become a thing now where I'm quite, I play this kind of horrible version of myself in the lip syncs <laughs> as well. I always say to the acts, like, when you come out, I'm going to be quite mean. Yeah. And I want you to know I don't mean anything that I say, <laughs> but it's just kind of the character that I've built for this show now. It'd be the odd person you'd mean it though, wouldn't it? Huh? Yeah. It'd be the odd person that comes out that you'd, you'd mean Oh, absolutely. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, there's def- that's why I say it to everyone. I mean it to almost everyone. <laughs> But, like, things like um, Auntie Don, when they finished theirs, they were on the ground and one of them tried to grab my leg and I said, don't touch me, I don't want to catch sketch. <laughs> like, just kind of <laughs> boiling down yeah, yeah. what they – and then sometimes, like, they'll – like, Helen Badu was on. That was amazing. Like, <laughs> if they give it back to me, that's the kind of fun thing. Anyways. Yeah. Excellent. Um, what about uh, yourself in your downtime? What do you like to do to relax? What do you do away from comedy? What's your – I'm one of those people because I travel a lot and I'd say you're the same – like, but you go you go off on holidays and stuff, don't you? I try and do like, I try and have a week off in the middle of the year and then a week off around January. Yeah, like where I just don't look at anything. Yeah, don't look at a phone or have no internet connection. I'm about to do that for the first time next week, and I will get back to you on how that goes. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty. I'm not. I'm one of those people where if I have time off, and I think it comes from my from the way that my parents raised us, like. They taught us to be like, do what you want, but also work quite hard. Yeah, yeah. And it is inadvertently, they have the same thing as me. There's a guilt in. Absolutely. I yeah. know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Comedy, because it's on every night throughout the year, you feel like you need to be. And when you look at a calendar, if I look at a calendar and there's two nights there, I'll mm. get on Crab Lab or I'll get on Blah yes. Blah Blah. Because yeah. I think it's also, it's a muscle. And yeah. if you don't work that muscle, mm. like I've booked a couple gigs straight after I get back from my little holiday. Yeah. yeah <laughs> as yeah. if to be like, well, Five days was enough. Yeah, straight back into it. Um, it's uh, also necessary, though, to have- Absolutely. I think, you know, working 50 weeks of the year- You got is, mental. Is great, but you do need to just totally get away from it because it's just- Yeah. It's all encompassing. You just can't- And that's a good way to do it. Maybe that's the- Because mm. we do have that forced kind of week off at the in January anyway. Like Yeah, there's like, not much on through Christmas, New things Year's. Things just kind of shut down. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's- this will be my first kind of time away. And also, it's I think it's the first time I've never... Same thing with... Same my parents have instilled in me is like... Because I think in our industry as well, if you're not... The way that my brain... That was weird. Um, I don't know what that was. <laughs> Did you brain? Yeah. Um, I think in my brain, there's this thought of... Oh, if you're not working, you're not making money. So, yes. so, you, so why would you... And if you're on a holiday, you're hemorrhaging cash. Yeah. So, why would you do that? Yeah. But now I finally... I'm working enough that I have a little bit of money that I can kind of do that. Yeah. But there still is just this like, oh, maybe I should. But we're going to a place where there is no phone reception and yeah. no internet and there's hot tubs. And yeah. and I also- Sounds awesome. It's going to be the best. 
Uh, we'll see how. I think it'll take until day two for me to relax. The first yeah. day I'll be like, oh, but what if my agent has something to do? <laughs> what, if, what if the world is burning down and they need someone to do a gig? Yeah. I, I relax by, like, I play video games. I, I'm not a good, I'm a pretty anxious person. I'm not a good relax relaxer. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not a sit on the beach and read a book type of person. Yeah. I need, like, I can't go to sleep at night if I'm not listening to a podcast or... I just put on boring ones so I don't, so you know, I can go to sleep. <laughs> but the, um, I'll probably put on me talking to myself, <laughs> listen to myself. Um, hi, Reese. Hi, Reese of the future. Sleep well. <laughs> don't forget to walk the dog tomorrow. Uh, the, I, I tend to, I, I've started, and I've talked about this a lot, and I talk about this on the stage as well, but I, I smoke pot now, but only because it shuts my brain off. Mm. I've got one of those brains, not, and not even in a smart way. I'm not like, constantly thinking about calculations or anything. <laughs> I'm just always thinking about, I'm either worrying about something or I'm thinking about something that I have to do or that would be fun to do that thing, but yeah. never actually doing that thing. Like, so I, I do things to like, I play video games or I watch something to yeah. like switch off. I'm yeah, not yeah. like a, I could never meditate. Yeah, right. Ever. Yeah. I, I've tried. <laughs> Does not work. Whereas almost, I think, Video games are almost meditative for me. Yeah, yeah. Do you I want to ask you this as well? Do you get many uh, much fan mail from from in particular young uh, gay boys? Yeah, gay. <laughs> yeah, guys or girls that I, you know? Because I think you what you've done. You know, you were in Newcastle. You're really yourself. You not afraid to say what you are or who you are, and you sort of portray that to the public. It would make someone else in a country town, in mm. a similar position, not sure what to do, you know, give them a bit of confidence that they can come I out and be themselves. so. Like, you know, it's not like that's that's the aim. No, but it's yeah, like, but, yeah, I do, I do get just but the being, same yeah, as a lot of the other ones do. Yeah, like, being in the public eye, I feel like you would get yeah. contact from people in those situations. I've definitely also, like, spoken publicly about, like... I was on the feed once talking about I had an, I went about when I had an eating disorder in my late teens and my early twenties and like the um and I there was a part, I kind of wrote my show a little bit about it last year as well so like those types of things as well and I talk about mental health in my act mm. and I talk about blah blah I always try and have some sort of underlying like I'm fucked it's fine yeah like yeah. as if so if and I do get a lot not a lot but yeah quite a few messages. <laughs> um, but I do, and I always, I always reply, and I always, like because yeah, it is full. Like sometimes you get really full on things, mm. like really full on things. Yeah, uh, and so you just kind of have to. It's it's this is not a complaint in any way whatsoever. It's like it, it is like it's a very nice honor that people ask yes. me these things. Yeah, but also sometimes it's like I have to kind of say I went through a thing, but I'm also like you need to speak to counselors and yes. stuff because yeah. it's like not. I, I'm not medically trained yeah, to talk yeah. to you about this. I can, yeah. if you need help with anything, I can mm. talk to you and stuff. But I yeah. can't because it's yeah. Some some things are like you sort of use you as the example that it can be done. Like you can, yes. you, you know, yeah, yeah. You do what you want. I to always do. do that. Like I always yeah. kind of like, and it's first like people. Ma- the main thing that people message me about is like, I'm I'm gay or I'm this or I'm that, and I don't think my parents would, and I'm living in this small town and blah blah mm. blah, and I always just kind of say like. First of all, like, because there is this idea of, like, just come out. Everyone should come out. Mm. And it's like, if you're not in a safe situation, oh. don't mm. come out mm. until you feel like you're safe to. Because just if you genuinely feel like it will harm your life at mm. the moment and you're 15 or something, don't yeah. do it. 
living a lie is not ideal, but mm. neither is being kicked out and stuff. Like, until you're safe mm. is the only time that I think you should come out. Yeah. Um, whereas there, I think there is this kind of, like, mentality sometimes. It's like, just do it. You'll feel so much better. Mm. Like, you might not. Yeah. There's still pretty grim parts of this country yeah. that I think, if anything, the plebiscite helped bring into the, yeah. into the sweet light of day. Yeah. And it kept it there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I do get I do get messages and stuff. I mean, you must get something like, yeah, I yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm forging any new paths or anything for. No, but it's also just like people are looking for things that look like them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And d- so there'd be guys that are like exactly mm. like you, and you talk about exactly like even the fact that you're from a small town. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's more about how to get into stand up and stuff. Like yeah, that. yeah. But I think the same mm. thing, like, if people see them, they're so... The reason I was such a comedy... Nerd, like, my, I remember seeing Maria Bamford, <laughs> even though we have nothing in common in our acts, mm. but she's probably my... Her and John Mulaney are my favourite comedians. Mm. And as a kid on the gala, like, she was on... She was in 2002, 3 and 4 or something. Mm. And I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. And then, like, had, there was no way to contact her in those days. <laughs> um, I definitely... If I was my age, if I was... The age I was then now, yeah. I would definitely be like sending her weird messages. <laughs> like I was definitely a menace. Yeah, yeah. It's so Did funny. Did you to s- check every avenue to try and get in contact with her at the time? Not in contact with her, but like I used to when say, and I he kind of teases me about it now, but like when like Will Anderson would come and do the Newcastle Civic Theatre when I was a mm. teenager, I'd like wait at the stage door with my best right. friend at the time, Sarah, and we'd like get him to sign things and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny to me now, I have to kind of do similar moves on people being weird with me yeah. that I definitely saw people do to me yes. back in the day. Yeah. Like the, just watching that happen going, oh, oh boy. I am like kind of saying like, oh, I just need to pack up my stuff backstage. Thank you so much for coming. Or, oh, we've got to get somewhere and yeah. or, or blaming it on my agent or something. Mm. And just then going, just seeing you having a cigarette. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere. Like around the corner. <laughs> yeah. Which has happened before. It's the most awkward thing ever. Um, but yeah, knowing that like, oh, I've been that person. So yeah. it always gives me like a little bit of, Respect for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Mm. All right, mate. Well, uh, that's it. Thanks very much for taking it easy with me today. Thank you. This has been very easy. I, I'm now like I'm quite a fan <laughs> of this podcast, so now I'm going to have to like skip. I can't listen to myself. It's oh, really? Be, a, be a, an awkward. Do you want me to dub it so your voice is a bit Please. different? Yeah. <laughs> if you can make it, um, <laughs> just sound less masculine if you could. <laughs> See if you can fem me up a little yeah. bit. Oh, I'll, I'll make me. Much deeper, and yep. then you finally more, more feminine. Finally, <laughs> yeah. hey, thanks for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed that one. Uh, if you'd like to follow Reese on the different social media, uh, he's on Facebook at Reese Nicholson. Now he spells Reese R H Y S, and Nicholson is N I C H O L S O N. On Twitter, he's at Reese Nicholson. Instagram, uh, Reese Nicholson. And his website is www.reesnicholson.com. That's it. No, are you? Just .com. Uh, <laughs> if you enjoyed this podcast, please tell your friends uh, to subscribe. Um, if your friends don't have iTunes, then send them to my website, uh, which is danielconnell.com.au. It has a podcast section on there. We can listen to the previous. Uh, this is episode 16, so there's 15 other episodes on there. Uh, get your friends around it. Um you can also follow me on different social medias. I'm on, I'm on Twitter and Instagram, which is at Daniel Connell uh, Comedy. And also, next time you're on Facebook, 
why don't you jump on uh, Daniel Connell Comedy and give that a like as well. And if you're on that website checking out the podcast section, you may as well check out my gig section as well. I've got some shows coming up around the place. Come and watch some live stand-up. But that is all. Thanks for listening. Take it easy. See you next time.